Okay, welcome everybody. This is a landmark um, podcast, I think, for BRFCS because you can see for the first time we're all in the same room at the same time. It's probably the last time that we'll ever do this, but circumstances have dictated and have given us that opportunity. So, would you like to introduce yourselves by telling us when you first started sporting rovers? I'm uh, I'm Mike Delap, and I'm very sorry to everyone on camera one and camera two. Yes, I'm not as good looking as you possibly imagined that I am. Uh, I first started supporting Blackburn in the early 90s. Uh, My first game was on our esteemed host, Ian Herbert's wedding day. I won't go with a year because I'll get it wrong. Uh, It was Blackburn 7, Norwich 1, and I'm pleased to say every game's been just as good as that from from then on. 3rd of October 1992, funnily enough. You go. You go. Hi all, I am Jen. Started Sporting Rovers when I was about four or five. First match was a little bit later versus West Ham in the late 80s. Hi, I'm Linz. Um, Sported Rovers forever since Tim Flowers' mum and dad took me to my first game and been going ever since. I'm Scott Sumner. Probably recognise me from standing on a street corner flogging fanzines. But yeah, I've been a Rolls fan since 1992, which was my first game. Hi, I'm Michael, and my first game was 1977, late in Orient, um, September. I've been a Rovers fan ever since. Hi, I'm Matt. Um, my first game was 2010, when I was six, and I've enjoyed it ever since. Good lad. I'm Stuart Grimshaw. Um, my first game will have been sometime in the early 80s, um, and my dad used to sneak us in. Me and my brother used to pay for one of us and push us both through the turns. We cannot condone criminality. <laughs> and last but by no uh, means least. Hello, I'm Louie. Uh, I started supporting Rovers in 2004, 2005, and I've loved it ever since. This is your podcast panel, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so, the way that we're going to do this podcast is in the Blackburn Rovers Santa's stocking of joy, we have a random series of questions. We also have three defend the indefensibles. So you draw a question out at random and you have the choice of playing that question or passing to somebody if you think that they might have a better answer. Or if you just don't want to do the defend the indefensible. One of them is an absolute corker. I hope it comes out. So I'm going to start by asking Mike and then you can choose the next person after you to pull one out. So deep into... Santa's Blackburn Rovers at Stocking of Joy. Or Doom. Or Doom. Be, yeah. Where are they? Right at the bottom in the toe, naturally. Just pull one out. He's got to defend the indefensible! It's a defend the indefensible. Just like to go on record as saying Ian's handwriting is terrible. It is, I can read his out. Um, I, I'd quite like to nominate Michael Taylor for this one. <laughs> <laughs> Pass it over. <laughs> All right, okay. As we fail to sell out the stadium, Ewood Park should be sold and we should share with Accrington Stanley. Okay, so you've got 20 seconds to defend that obviously indefensible position, starting from now. Well, the players always say that they like to play in front of a full house. They love to hear the roar of the crowd. They love to be able to feel the energy from the crowd. So why not move to the crown ground? Why not have an absolutely packed full with 1,850 fans every week roaring them on? That's not bad, actually. 18 <laughs> seconds. What do we think of it? Oh, very good. 
be today's winner then if we get another Dick on the Invincible. So Michael, you have the pleasure then of nominating who the next person is to take one out of Santa's stocking of joy. Uh, Lynn's. Oh. <clears throat> well prepared with a beverage. Most consistent player in 2018. So most consistent, in other words, might not be the best, but the one that Do usually gives you the seven or eight out of ten performance game in, game out. Who do you think? You can nominate me for it if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Everyone nominates. I thought about it. See, consistent, I feel, is boring, but my initial answer is Raya, so I'm sticking with him. It's good but answer. he's consistently brilliant. And I love him, and I don't give him enough praise because I'm either defending Ben Bereton or stalking Craig Conway. But actually, on reflection, <laughs> I'm going to spend more time praising Raya because he is amazing. And there's a world-class save every game that gets missed in Absolutely. the yeah. throw. So, yeah, Raya. And I might even get myself a goalkeeping shirt, fourth shirt of the season. <laughs> Anybody else? I was going to I was going to have a go at Elliot Bennett personally yeah. from the outfield lot. I mean again it probably falls into the 7 out of 10 category every week but I after you criticized him in 2017 2018's been a, a bit of a rebirth for him I think he's That's as badly uh, uh, Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Just just really need you to get stuck into them and they'll be fine but yeah, I just thought he'd be a a good shout because he always turns in a pretty solid performance wherever he's deployed. Right, Lynn, so you have the pleasure of nominating the next person then got to be my fellow female podder. Right, easy, easy. 2018 Rovers Player of the Calendar Year. Ooh. Yeah. See, Player of Sofar this season is easy. And player of last season is easy. Is no, it I the same one? That one? No, it's not because <laughs> we signed him in the summer. Oh, no. Oh, naturally. Obviously. <laughs> Ginger Ninja gets so far this season, 2018. My heart says Bennett. Mm -hmm. That one. Just consistently, and he's passionate, and I'm proud that he wears our shirt. Anybody else? I, I put both of those. I've got the same. Reed and Bennett. I, I don't think you can look past Bradford. I think yeah. Mike mentioned in the end of year podcast last year, didn't you, that? It's the first time we've got the best player in a division. Um, since Shearer. When we're in League One, yes, mm -hmm. since Shearer. And then I think he's a couple of dips, but he's pretty much continued that through in a higher level. Mm. Louis, who would your player for this calendar year be? Bradley Dax, the, just the obvious one, because he's just been so, such a revelation. But I would have uh, argued Mulgrew or Lenihan as well. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, obviously, as, as, as they get many, many plaudits, but even even then, it feels like they're just massively underrated because they're just they're so those two are just so vital to. to I mean, not with the defensive woes at the moment, but just just seeing they just stand out. No grief for his game. goals alone. I mean, if he was yeah, like, so if he was an attacking midfielder, he'd still say that was a good return. Yeah. Frankly, yeah. they start got researched. He uh, he scores just over one every four games which for a centre back is absolutely mental Chris Brown would have killed for that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. One every four seasons. it's yeah. funny you should mention Chris Brown because when uh, this came up my and Matt's minds both went the opposite way so I had 
most consistent, <laughs> consistent players. We're both consistently bad. <laughs> <laughs> Are you willing to name each other? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we should. I don't think it's fair, but <laughs> that's where we first went. It's an interesting way of viewing the question, too. <laughs> I think that says more about us than the question. <laughs> Possibly just the way we're feeling after boxing then. I think it's hard to frame it, given it's 2018. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it was like bouncing into the good run-up to winning promotion and then starting the season quite well. And I think if you just take a snapshot of that, I think Evans has been fairly consistent yeah. his form really lifted from yeah. January last year and you know even against Leeds the other day I thought he was I thought he put his foot on the ball he was box to box so I, I thought Evans over 2018 right so Jen thank you for that uh, you can nominate someone who's not been then to answer the next question I'm going across to Stuart so I think this crossing gets a DTI and then popped it on Michael Taylor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've got <laughs> best young player in 2018, under 23. So possibly already mentioned. I I had to check this to check he was still under 23, and he is just. Um, and I think my best young player has been Joe Rothwell. I'm always quite disappointed when he's not when he's not playing. And my my favourite players are always midfielders, and he's that he's that kind of midfielder that I like. And he's attacking. He, he reminds me a lot of somebody like, and I'm not going to put him in the same bracket, but he's the same kind of player as Paul Scholes. You know, he's not a defensive midfielder. He's a proper out and out attacking midfielder. And I can tell by the look on your faces that you're dying to chip in. <laughs> Louis. No, I was. Uh, I mean, that's how I would have said Travis. Uh, uh, I absolutely adore him. I, I think he doesn't get like nearly enough chances. And, and if the rumours are to be believed that he's going alone in January, yeah. I think that's a massive mistake. Uh, I think he's possibly good enough to sit on our bench, especially with the sort of a bit of an injury uh, crisis we've got at the moment in midfield. And but again, agree. Rothwell doesn't get Rothwell should play a lot more. And it's bizarre how he is. But you were such an early adopter of Rothwell, mm. you'd have him for best opposition player because you spotted him when we played Oxford. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll take credit for that, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> Mowbray did say about expanding the scouting network. Well, yeah, well, yeah. 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 got an eye for, an eye for these players. How old's David Ray? I don't know. 23, 23 I think. Is he just, just over 23? I, I have one. Well, you say about favourite players, mine are always the fullbacks. And uh, Niambe. Yep. Is, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I always quite enjoy the ones who are getting a bit of a kicking from time to time for not being that good, but are just simply finding their way around the football pitch a bit. I think he's got a lot of raw potential that admittedly needs harnessing. But Tremendous uh, athlete. Absolutely. Uh, I think it was it. Rotherham the other week when he came, when he came on as sub in the second half, yeah, un unbelievable. He was like better than everybody else combined. Yeah, uh, absolutely good call. Potential. Just turned twenty one as well. Mm. Didn't forget. I was just waiting for someone to say he's actually twenty seven. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean he's two thousand eighteen? No, my ready <laughs> Okay, thanks, that's Stuart. You get to pass the uh, Santa's stocking of joy. Uh, I'm going to pass it to Louis. Oh, thank you. This means Matt's going Matt's to get a defending event. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest disappointment of 2018. This isn't necessarily a player, by the way. It could just be the uh, situation. Just in case uh, no, <laughs> there well, libel lawyers or something. No, well, uh, Brayton's out of question. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, Boxing Day, possibly. Or, because that, I mean, that was... Uh, even when we got relegated, I wasn't that just sort of drained from a football game. Because 
I mean, when we got relegated, that's what we were driving back, and we were just like, oh, well, can you not go to all these new grounds? So you were leading up to it, though, your expectations were structured for a long period of time, yeah. weren't they? Whereas. Well, I think, I think Wigan at home, I think uh, that was that, that was 2018, wasn't it? Wigan at home. Just the sort of, the sort of absolutely dominant performance in the first half. I think I remember saying to you that we could win, we could beat these 5 6 yeah. 0. These are, these are god off. How are these like, yeah, top yeah. of the league? And it was just the, the total crumbling of it and just the Wigan being so much better than us in that second half. Just, and that's when we sort of knew it was like, ah, we'll go up, but it, it, you know, we're not going to win this. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, it, we've, we've come up and we're doing better than them now, so it's all right. Fancy us throwing away a two-goal lead. Good job that didn't happen again. Then, I know, yeah. It's all right. I've managed to sort those problems yeah, out. Yeah, that's good. A lesson we'll learn. Yeah. I was, I'm going to jump in here. Bristol Rovers away. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. One of those games where you spend the whole second half thinking one nil up and looking pretty comfy, but I'd, I'd pay quite a lot of money for a second goal there. And even then, they didn't look at all threatening. And then, obviously, he's just absolutely hit of a lifetime right at the end. That was. That there's was there's been so many games, well, particularly this season, I think, since going up, we struggled to win by more than a single goal. Mm. So the Sheffield Wednesday game, when the fourth one went in. It actually gave us about 45 seconds we were going to enjoy the yeah. game without any sort of fear or trepidation, which is most unusual. Thanks for that. Do you want to pass the uh, uh, Santa's Sockers? So we've just got Matt and Scott there. <coughs> if it's a DTI, you can play or pass, don't you? No, it isn't. Oh. Okay. It's a question. Favourite moment of 2018, not in Doncaster. Um, I think it's got to be... Danny Graham hat trick against Sheffield Wednesday because the amount of messages that I could send to my friends after that. <laughs> <laughs> and just for the uninitiated, Stuart, myself, Mike, and Matt, we all we all live in Sheffield, so obviously that particular re resonance for, yeah, uh, for Matt at school. Very happy moment when he got his hat trick, and they're all complaining. It's like they were all tappings, they were all tappings, but they all count at the end yeah. of the day. We got the win, and that was that was. Quite spectacular, I enjoyed that. Excellent, great answer. I think uh, yeah, it was a great performance, That probably our best performance this season from an attacking perspective. I'm still not sure how we conceded two goals in that game. The well, first one was some, some belter. Yeah, Lucas yeah. Jarvis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, where was that? Where well, did he pull that one out? <laughs> Marvellous. Right, so let's pass on to Scott, is he the last person? I'm going to make you do another DTI for that point. Yes, he's got it! Yeah. 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 Good! I can play my wild card. I can pass it on though. I'll play the chairman's card and give you another one. Go on, what have you got? Oh, no. Let's, um... Go on, Mikey. Oh. <laughs> the minute you offer the hand up, he's not going to take the bite there. Okay. Um, when Tony Mowbray leaves... You might have to help it. I, for one, would welcome back Owen Coyle or Steve Keane to finish what they started. <laughs> you have 20 seconds to defend that um, obviously indefensible position starting from now. Yeah, so Steve Keane, Owen Coyle, they've contributed to this demolition job. And like every good demolition job, you need to come back every so often and just check that the destruction has unfolded the way you imagined. If it's not finished, get in there, plant a few bombs, blow stuff up, and get out of there. Perfect crime. Very good, very good. <laughs> That's the one I was hoping would come out. <laughs> well, moment, if you can have another one then, Scott's given that you have to actually answer a question. You pull out the last remaining DTI now, you have to do this one. 
most enjoyable game of 2018. Um, I think without doubt it's the game in October at the Hawthorns because um, we'd had all that struggle last season being you know with lower level teams then suddenly we were back playing a team who had just come down from the Premier League. I remember it was an absolutely freezing day the first signs of winter coming um, first half was we conceded but then the second half was just one of the most enjoyable performances I've ever seen um, I've never I've never seen such guts and determination and, like, and it's, it's exactly the reason we go for football matches sometimes yeah. it might be a nil-nil sometimes it might be a three-nil defeat but it's days like that which you'll recount in 20 years time the day when the ginger ninja curled in an absolute belter from 30 yards to get us back into the game then David Ryer got kicked in the head Richie Smallwood went in goal because we'd, we'd used all the three subs and we hung on time wasting using every awful tactic in the book and it felt like the biggest win ever and it was just an absolutely brilliant day so and after the game that. I want to bring Matt in at this point uh, anything interesting happened after the game? Oh, um... Well, <laughs> yeah, I went back to the car and there's a McDonald's there and there's the captain, Charlie Mulgrew, waiting for a taxi to turn up outside McDonald's. So we so we had a photograph taken. Yep. Well, you had a photograph taken with him, and let's say it was it was quite surreal. This was about because we waited because Matt still had his, his dodgy leg at that point. We waited what for about twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. For the gate to open to let us take the short route across the car park to get to the car, and then there's Mulgrew, full cloak truck suit, still outside Mackie D's on his mobile phone. Quite surreal. A number of Rovers fans spotted him, but yeah, then we got a photo. What did he order though? Did anyone? Uh... A taxi, please. <laughs> yeah, at least just four chicken nuggets oh, as yeah. a placeholder until you get home or something. I thought he was a vegan now. Part-time vegan. The chips count as what did he tell you, Matt? Did he give you any tips on taking free kicks around? No, not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't. He didn't even tell us what why he got off injured, did he? Uh, well, I think we just sort of said, you know, how how bad is it, whatever. And he, he kind of like it gave a sort of grimace, which suggested that he wasn't going to be ready quickly. Yeah. And sure enough, he wasn't. Uh, I think he missed the next couple of games, didn't he, as well? But it was it was it was all surreal. It was. I can't, well, obviously, with the rules changing, around the number of substitutions. The chances of seeing an outfield player going goal now is, is, is slim to none, and when it happens, it's just such high comedy. And Smallwood, bless his cotton socks, he was hilarious, wasn't he? And that cross that he sort of completely flapped out that we had three clearances on the line as a result while he was getting off his backside. It was just absolutely tremendous stuff. And it was cold. I always think, to be fair, if you're flapping around and making it look terrible, it's almost like putting them off a little bit, you know, uh, you know distracting them, yeah. Potentially. Right, I think everybody's had a question. There is still one DTI left in there. There's one person that hasn't had a yeah. question. <laughs> no passing As I said, off. everybody's had yeah. a question the DTI. No binning it off anyone else. <laughs> His name might start with an M. It's not the DTI, thank God for that. Most improved Rovers player of 2018. Uh, I think we've already mentioned him. In fact, there's probably two nominations I would put forward. One is David Rea. Uh, and the other is Ryan Nyambe. Uh, I think Raya, well, he still needs to improve his kicking and his distribution, but I think in terms of shot-stopping and reflexes, the best we've had since Friedel. Um, and Nyambe, we've talked about already, I think he, mm. but he, I can remember as Barnsley and Boxing Day, the year went down and, and 
he looked, forget that. He looked that great well. going forward and horrific defending. He was get caught out time and time again. He thought there's something there, but he's not ready yet. But this this year, I think he's come on leaps and bounds. So he would be my most improved Rovers player of 2018. Good choice. So that's the end of part one. We're going to take a little break now, and when we come back in part two, we're going to play Name That Rover. Does anybody want to do the DTI? Because we're just interested. I don't want to do it. I can't remember. Let me read. I think Jen's got some DTI on the control here. Do you fancy doing it? I've got what we got. Do you want me to read it? Let's see what we've got here. Let's see what we've got here. You definitely want to do this. Not your boy here. Uh, Harrison Reed is only at Rovers for self promotion. He should be sent back to Southampton on the first of January. Not going there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll have a go at it. Do you want to go at it? Okay, just while we, um, we, we said we we're going to have a break, we just had a look at the last remaining Defend the Indefensible, and Matt fancies having a go at it because he's the furthest distance away on the sofa from <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Matt, would you like to read out the DTI and then Matt can have a go at it? Jen would swear a lot on this one. Uh, Harrison Reed is only at Rovers for self-promotion. He should be sent back to Southampton as soon as the 1st of January hits. So Matt, you have 20 seconds from now. Well, he's, he's, come, he's come in in summer, he's, he's done well, he's scored a magnificent goal as we mentioned earlier against West Brom and I think it'd be good for any player to go out on a high. He's, he's done well for us, he's, he's got us some key points in the season. He's, no. he's done well but <laughs> Like Dominic Samuel last year, you scored well. It'll go bad towards the end, I think. Fantastic! Well done, Matt. Jen, any thoughts and observations? I remember he's on crutches, so. Where's the music coming from? I don't know whether Michael picked that up, but we should see. That's the end of part 2B then. We'll be back in part 3 with Name That Rover. Welcome back to our final part then. Uh, we have panellists in the room, face-to-face -face podcast. Welcome so before we get into Name That Rover, I did ask on the forums and on Twitter for some feedback around highs and lows for the season. So I just want to read some of those out. We've covered some of them as we've answered those questions. But uh, on the forum, uh, Neil Weaver, sure. after a season of sparsely populated Ewood, a high for me was a sight of a nearly full ground for the Oxford game, which I think we'd all endorse, and certainly Steve Waggett would. Um, old Greg 86 on the forum after Doncaster I remember never being so cold away as I was at Wimbledon you went to that game didn't you? Uh, how, cold? Yeah. Yeah. how cold? very cold <laughs> yeah but I was warmed by someone had drawn a cock and balls BRFC <laughs> in snow on every car from the station to the ground <laughs> 
It was you, wasn't it? No, it was you. Louis, you run ahead. Um, Blackburn Rovers 2288 for all the Doncaster joys the game that sticks in my memory was the Peterborough game down and soundly getting a bashing at half time looked like we were going to have the wheels come off Dak and Graham stepped up that was a good night uh, Philly Pell on the forum the low Doncaster at home thought we are headed to League 2 uh, yeah I don't think you are alone in that actually uh, the high Shrewsbury's home defeat to Rotherham on the 17th of February after we got that win at Pompey three, uh, Pompey three days previously we had a run of three winnable games um, Blue Boy 3-3-3-3, Shrewsbury at home, Smallwood and Bennett battered them. That was a great day, actually. No, Shrewsbury at home. I think I, I genuinely started to believe after that game. Uh, Den 9-1-1-2, beating Posh at home on that Thursday night. Uh, and Doncaster obviously being one of the highs. Uh, he went to Southend, the Southend defeat, as I had family down there. Not, not a good evening in one of the town restaurants. Uh, and then S8 and Blue on the forum. Uh, I won £250 when Dak's 93rd minute goal went in. Uh, that would be the Peterborough game. Peter yeah. uh, never thought I'd come down from the ceiling. Five days later at Donny and went through the roof. On Twitter, somebody called Mike Dilap said, <laughs> hey. nah, I don't know whether it's worth reading his view. I know he's referring to the 2014 <laughs> season. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. <laughs> Highs, the crowd reaction to Bradley Dak's wrap-up goal against Peterborough. So that, that's a recurring theme. And we've talked about it already. Richard Smallwood in goal at West Brom. Lowe's, Preston, Wigan, and then Leeds. Bill Arthur, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to Bill. Thanks for your contributions to the yeah. pod. Um, the sense of community and team spirit returning to the club, connecting with supporters far and wide through social media. Lowe's, unrealistic expectations and overreaction to losses by supporters. Mike, you've had your say on that in previous pods. Oh, go again. <laughs> <laughs> Coming off another, uh, another long run up. Uh, James Wilcock on Twitter, another hi, the media team of Ryan Grant and Warren Lucy. Uh, I think we've given Ryan lots and lots of praise during the year. He did a fantastic job, um, and obviously Warren is, is keeping the flag flying there. Somebody called Linz Lewis on Twitter said, Waltz all the way, Bournemouth my favourite way day of this season, Leeds at home and my Blue Eyes video. I think that's a very personal yeah. one to you, obviously. Uh, Lowe's, people on the pitch, I'm <laughs> people on the pitch, I will say. We have youngsters in the room uh, against the against Oxford, Wigan, and Preston. Oh, sorry, the, the Wigan and Preston spankings, uh, and Ben Brereton bringing out the worst of folk. Simon Fish on Twitter: High is achieving promotion is the obvious choice, but the togetherness the side shows after seasons of players seemingly not giving a damn. Mowbray seems to have instilled a work ethic. Absolutely. Uh, Fred Cumsty on Twitter. Hi, the return, however fleeting, in the club's history to the shared euphoria of achievement and success on the field. It certainly was. It's, I found it really interesting, actually, talking to Tom Schofield about... Because he said that's, that's the best night he's had as a Rovers fan, mm -hmm. being that next generation now. And similarly for Matt, you know, some of those old soaks that go back to the 70s. Um, it, it's, it was really nice to see people have a, a moment of enjoyment. Um, Fred's low, the ever-present spectre of supporters, ridiculous and unrealistic expectations for the club. I think that's a recurring theme. Uh, Russell Prescott, the high for me is getting to watch Bradley Dack week in, week out. That's probably uh, a sentiment that I think Michael certainly shares. Rovers chat replied, highs that night at Doncaster, obviously. Armour's late goal at Portsmouth. Uh, and Stoke when Berahino smashed that penalty against the bar. Yeah, I've forgotten about that. Uh, Lowe's leads away, hurt me massively, Wigan and Preston. That's the theme that's coming up again. 
James Wilcock had another go. <laughs> Highs, the way we've adapted back to life in the championship. We've finished where we are now. It's a successful season. Lows, fickle fans. Somebody called Jen Bellamy quite liked a guy called Harrison. What's it called? Harrison Road? Is that Harrison Road? <laughs> Um, highs, team spirit, said Jen. Lows, supporters, lack of it on social media. Mega highs, promotion. Monumental highs, ginger ninja. Of course. Uh, Ian Anthony on Twitter. Friendliness of snaffed away matches. Um, literally bent over backwards to help us in any way possible at Berry, Rochdale and Car um, Charlton Athletic, that would be. Uh, Martin Hettenstall on Twitter. Hi, was the Shrewsbury game at Ewood. Began to believe promotion was on. Yeah, me too. I, I shared that. Peterborough's mentioned again by Dave Fielding. Dom Hotwood, Richie Smallwood's goal at Fleetwood away. I'm not sure that was in 2018. Yeah, being, uh, Jan 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 right. Lowe's Oldham away. That was definitely 2017. Um, high leads at home, low leads away. That's from Mike Pinkerton on Twitter. Um, another one from Dave Wodge, throwing three points away at Leeds. Drunk maths, the last four minutes yesterday is definitely the low of the year. Uh, Jonathan Rogers, the home victory against Shrewsbury was a pivotal game. So lots of um, themes emerging there. Um, oh, there's one here that I have to read out. Modesty won't forgive me. Um, Jonathan Secker. Hi, he's discovering the BRFCS podcast. Well, <laughs> bless you. <laughs> Just tell your friends, tell your friends and the tenors in the post. Smallwood in goal at West Brom. Mo Jaffa, the lows, the Muppets have invaded the pitch. Uh, with their families, five minutes before the final whistle at home versus Oxford. I mean, what about the Muppets invaded the pitch in Doncaster? I mean, we can't condone that. But that was after the whistle. Yeah. Well, there was a girl yeah, with a big so. yellow yeah. coat on in the Even so, I, 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 I still think we should have a go at people that invaded the pitch at Doncaster. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the comedy value. Super. So thanks for all that feedback, people that replied on Twitter and on the forum. That was terrific. So what we're going to do now is name that rover. So we have three Name That Rovers from different eras, recognising the different age groups in the room. The rules of the game are, you shout out stop if you think you know the answer. If you get it wrong, you can't have the next guess. You've got to let somebody else have the next guess. Are you ready? As I'll ever be. <laughs> ready to go first, get it wrong, and then set the rest yeah. of the game up. Yeah. The overwhelming enthusiasm in the room, yeah. I hope that's really coming through on the pub. Grab it. Okay, number one. I was born on the 12th of January 1970 at Whiston in Lancashire. I began my career with Crew Alexandra, Alexandra even, in 1988. Stop. Is it Mark Atkins? No. That's a good guess. In 1996-7, I suffered relegation but was part of a team that lost in the FA Cup final. I think I know the team that was in that, but... Stop, stop. Craig Ignat. No. Your man! Oh. Oh. <laughs> if I had to guess somebody that might have got that, my money was on you, Scott. <laughs> the next clue was I joined Rovers in 2000 from Barnsley. Yeah. I made 53 appearances, scoring eight goals, including one in yeah. that game against Burnley. I played in a League Cup final team that beat Spurs, and I'm currently the director of football at Hartlepool. Crazy that, ladies and Just remember, then he was a scouser, wasn't he? Yeah. Was that a fake-up game, the Middlesbrough one, where Di Matteo scored? Yeah. <coughs> right yeah. After about 
two and a half seconds. Lost the cup final and relegated yeah, this season. Yeah, yeah. I think I was being massively kind to Mark Atkins as well. I think he was great the year after me. <laughs> 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 yeah. If you're listening, Mark, you're welcome as a guest. We're sorry, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, second, name that rover. I was born on the 16th of August 1981. I made my first team senior debut, not at Rovers, at the age of 15. I joined a Bundesliga side in 1999. I made 155 appearances, scoring 31 goals for Bayern Munich. Stop. Marcus Babbel. No. Oof. What a shower. Wow, that is terrific. I joined Rovers. That's wrong, Rocket Santa Cruz. You're mad. Oh. You're mad. Oh. You're not worthy. Wow. 2 out of 2. Can he make it the hat trick? Sweep there. Okay. The third and final name that Rover. I was born on the 23rd of March 1991 in Sagunto. I represented Spain at under 17, under 18, and under 19 age group levels. Stop. Right. No. Boom. I signed for Rovers on the 31st of January 2011. Ooh. Stop. Ruby Machine. Three out of three! Oh. <laughs> and that's why he had its 4,000 holes. Uh. <laughs> so there we go. We are not weary. If, if you want Scott on your, uh, on your pub quiz team, if there's a Rovers round, uh, yeah. there, there is a Wayne's World GIF heading your way yeah. uh, on social media. That was excellent. So thank you very much, everyone, for your contributions, not only today. Let me start a word there. That was excellent. Scott. Yeah. <laughs> that was excellent, Scott. Scott. <laughs> Thanks very much for your contributions today, everyone. Um, we're recording this before the Sheffield United game, just in case we haven't given the game away. So we're all off down to Bramall Lane shortly. Uh, it's been unusual, but interesting and different. And I think really enjoyable doing it face to face. It's a, yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. different experience. Not that logistics allows us to do this every time. But thank you very much once again, chaps. Uh, thank you much for listening, viewing, or however you're, you're taking this podcast. And hopefully we'll be back with more in 2019. But until then, thanks very much, everyone. Thank you. listening to the BRFCS podcast, the only podcast approved to cover the 2018-2019 season by the New York City Rovers. Don't forget to check out www.brfcs.com. By the way, massive thank you to Joe Bamford, uh, BRFCS forum member, and his band The Symmetry for providing all the incidental music used in this episode. I hope you'll look them up on Facebook, and if they're playing live near to you, well, go and see them. 